Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, first things first, a happy birthday to my beautiful daughter, my daughter Laura. I have been trained never to say how old my daughter, my wife, my sister, my mother are. In fact, I couldn't tell you this day how old my mother is because I respected her wishes back in the day. Us Dockages are a very vain people, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, we are. I mean, I look like this, baby. That's right. No, it's my daughter's birthday, and I love my relationship with my daughter. And I'm very proud of my relationship with my daughter, and I wish more dads would get involved with their kids. That's a big deal to me. It's a big deal to me, and I've caught a lot of hell about it, and I really don't care because I think more dads need to be uh, involved with their sons and with their daughters. Boom. Uh, hey, uh, we have on, on my show in Indy, a friend of mine named Ryan Funky came up with this. He asked me at one point, who would win more games? Archie Miller coaching at Indiana or a bag of sand? And I got to tell you, I didn't really know which one was which. I didn't. I wasn't sure. Hey, is the, uh, is the, is it tweeted out? Is the show tweeted out yet? I got people asking me. Oh, there it is. Uh, I didn't know which, which Archie Miller coaching Indiana or a bag of sand. So on our radio show in Indianapolis, it's, that's what it's become. It's become this or a bag of sand? Like, who would be a better radio host and get better ratings? Me or a bag of sand? So we decided because, well, let's be honest, gas prices are through the roof. Uh, we can't even have a legitimate press conference with our president. He's being pulled around by a string by who the hell knows. Who would be a better president? Joe Biden or a bag of sand? And we're going to put it out to the people. Because we are people of the people. So go to our official Twitter page, which is at don't at me DD. That's the official Twitter page. First off, sign up on the Twitter. That thing should be at 100,000 by now. It's about a 200, period. But who would you want for President of the United States based on what we've seen thus far. Who would do a better job? Joe Biden or a bag of sand? And you know, one of the great things about this question is people have actually had some interesting responses. Like, hey, Dan, you understand this is true, apparently. I, I didn't know this was true, but apparently it's true. Do you know there's a sand shortage? Now, look. Go to Florida, get some sand. What are we talking about here? It is interesting, though. I did need some sand. I was doing something. This is about a year ago. I can't remember what the hell I was doing and why I needed two or three bags. Oh, I was helping a friend of mine put together a little playground for his daughter. And it was going to be a sand area, right? So I went and looked, and I tried to go buy sand. There was no sand. 
Joey B, baby. I know which way I voted. I voted with the majority, 85%. I voted with Joey B. I'll take a bag of sand. Uh, Dan, what kind of sand? Is it the kind that can be used in a pull filter? Sure. Yeah, any kind you want. Do <laughs> any kind of sand is good by me? Yeah, we're good. We're good. All right, so far we've had 386 votes, short period of time. 386 votes. Actually, I'm not even followed by 200 people, 167 people. Jump on over to the official. It'll be great content. That's what you're supposed to say. Sign up for great content. But anyway, right now, 386 votes. The bag of sand is winning. It's winning big. Uh, and we'll let you know. We'll keep you updated as we move along. Yeah, that's right. All right, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. You know we love us. Oh, there it is. How good is that? There you go. Uh, if you turn Biden's head upside down, it looked like sand. Jimbo! I think Jimbo Fisher said it 3,678 times yesterday that he is moving on. That's right. He's moving on up, moving on out to the east side. Jimbo's saying, hey, look. We've got to fix the problems in football. I got to tell you something. That's bull. Jimbo Fisher does not want to fix whatever is going on in football. Let me explain. College football, anyway. Let me explain. Uh, Jimbo Fisher beat Nick Saban. Jimbo Fisher also beat Nick Saban in the world of recruiting. There is absolutely no chance that Jimbo Fisher wants anything changed because the feeling is always among coaches, whether it's basketball, I'm sure it's baseball, I know it's football, the feeling is always all of the rules put in favor the programs at the top. Like, back in the day, they put a rule in where you could, like me, as a young upstart coach, <clears throat> I couldn't work, outwork anybody. I couldn't outwork anybody. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I, I couldn't go out and make phone calls. I rules in. The more rules you put in. You're arguing with people on Twitter. You're giving them your 155,000 followers. I get it, all right? Jimbo Fisher, I'm going to read here. It's over with. We're done talking about it. We're moving on to try to fix the problems of what we have in college football. There are a lot more pressing needs than... But he don't want them fixed. I mean, let's be honest. He's got oil money working, and what Saban said, everybody seems to... I every player not get in any type difficulty with the NCAA or now you got to remember the FBI got involved in college basketball. That's what he wants because on a level playing field, I don't care. Go Aggies, yay rock, go fight win. You're not beating out Nick Saban and Alabama for players. You're just simply not, period. So I guarantee you they, him, does want this spat to be over, Jimbo Fisher. But I'll also guarantee you, 
He ain't working that hard to change the rules as they currently are, which means you can go buy a player as opposed to NIL a player once he's at your school. And anybody that thinks differently is nuts. Absolutely nuts. Cray cray. Uh, And I stay tuned, though, because here's the deal with this spat. This is the best spat in sports right now. I'm going to get into another one that actually involves an MVP in a major league that doesn't involve as much interest as these two guys, no matter what they say. That's the power of football. That's the power of college and professional football. just is what it is. But it's awesome. You know we like a good spat. We like a good throwdown. We don't take those kind of things too serious because we know in the background they're probably having a beer and laughing about it. Uh, The match was yesterday. It was Brady and Rodgers against Mahomes and Allen. I'm going to give you a cautionary tale. You ready for this? You're not going to like this. Be careful thinking the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. In particular, be careful betting on the Bills going to the Super Bowl. Doc, it's you're an idiot. Why would you say that based on a golf match? I'll tell you why I said that. There were four quarterbacks there. Mahomes, Allen, Brady, and Rodgers, who, by the way, knocked in another clutch putt. There were three of those quarterbacks. Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers were totally comfortable in their own skin, meaning when you looked at them, They were not overwhelmed by the moment. This was what they do. This is who they are. There was one, Josh Allen. And I'll take all of it from you all. I'll take all the excuses. Well, it's golf, not football. Josh Allen is totally comfortable in football. He sure is. He absolutely is. No question about it. Great young quarterback, and I don't throw around the word great much. But I'm just telling you, he ain't winning a Super Bowl until he gets that starry-eyed, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here looking about him. They're good. Von Miller helps them. I'm, I'm never wrong on these things, people. Clip this, record it, yell at me, do whatever you'd like. But I'm just telling you, I looked at freaking, in fact, let me see. Yeah, right, he's in that picture. I looked at Josh Allen And he was like the younger brother that got to play with the big boys. I was always that younger brother that got to play with the big boys when they let me. A lot of times they didn't let me. Most times they did. And you're always like, man, I want my team to win. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man, and that's what Josh Allen looked like. So I'm not saying they can't have a great year. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, be careful betting them to win the Super Bowl. I am not. I might have, but I don't care what acquisitions they pick up. I don't care what they do. I ain't betting them because of that golf match and his look. I'm just saying. By the way, let me go back to something. Here's an article. NBCnews.com. Recyclers see used glass bottles as key to easing Worldwide sand shortage. I mean, I'm sitting there talking to Dylan and Ryan, and we're like, what the hell? Go to Florida. Dubai. 
Mexico got beaches. Hell, Northwest Indiana, beautiful beaches in Gary, Indiana. People don't believe it. I'm telling you, it's true. Salute to sand. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. Hey. All right. Next. I don't like this. I, I don't know what the deal is here. And I, I, I will find out. Marion Barber uh, died. You know, look, for some reason, and I'm not sure why, um, I always liked Marion Barber. I, I have no idea. He ran for the Bears, and I'm a bit of a Bears fan. He played at the University of Minnesota, and I am a fan of the Big Ten. So I knew Marion Barber. I didn't know him, but I mean, I knew who he was. You know what I mean? And I don't like it. I guess maybe I'm approaching my 60th birthday. So I think maybe I am starting to pay attention to death more. Now that sounds morbid, doesn't it? Like, what are you doing? Like, I still got two or three good years left, hopefully, maybe. But I'm starting to pay attention to this. And I've said this before on the show, and I will not say this. Uh, I, I can't say say this. I hate when young people die. Whatever the circumstances are of Marion Barber or Dwayne Haskins, I just hate it. I do. I, I, I can't stand it. Uh, and I don't know why. I, I, I don't know what the cause of death is. He was found dead. They say there is no uh, foul play, at least suspected. But I got to tell you, there's always something. And it breaks my heart. It does. I, I Look, I always think this way, and this is me as a parent, hopefully at some point as a grandparent, I don't know. But here's the deal. Um, when young people pass away, my initial thought is the parents. Like this happened the other day. My mother, who's 80-something, I told you, I don't want to know her at uh, real, uh, real age because she would never tell us. Dockages are vain. But she has a boyfriend, uh, a friend, Ted. Ted's a great dude, man. Great dude. Played football at Utah. Great dude. Unbelievable dude. He's had six kids. Three of them passed away. And on Memorial Day, my mother and Ted et al., they all went out to uh, California. Or not to California. What am I talking about? To the, to the cemetery. You know, they visited his ex-wife. They visited my mom, my dad. They visited his kids. And it just makes me sad. I, I'm sorry. It just does. It's just one of those things that hits me. I've never, ever, ever like to see kids get hurt. I could not watch, I say it all the time, I could not watch The Wizard of Oz. A little girl got stabbed 33 times right behind my house in an empty lot by a crazy dude in our neighborhood. He uh, got murdered. I just, I can't stand it. So when I saw this and I'm thinking, man, this is happening way too much. The Gadney kid, 25-year-old cornerback, he and his fiance pass away. We know what happened with Dwayne Haskins, or maybe we don't, and I really don't care. It's always something, man. I just, I don't like it. I honestly can't stand it. So I got to talk about it. I hate it. All right. Let me tell you something that's really stupid, but it is actually kind of funny. It, it really is. It's, it's kind of funny. All right. You remember when Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson over fantasy football? All right. Let's just think about this for a second. These guys are bazillionaires. All right. So Tommy Fan slaps Jock Peterson over fantasy football. Well, apparently, the real problem is this guy. Is that Mike? No, that's Fam. I can't see. No, that's Fam. The real problem isn't Fam. It's all-time Major League Baseball player Mike Trout 
and his leadership in their fantasy football league. So Mike Trout is the problem. Apparently, Trout, I don't know if you followed this story, but it just culminated with Tommy Pham slapping Jock Peterson for alleged cheating in a fantasy football league. Now, that's some pent-up stuff by Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham's been waiting to hit Jock Peterson for a while, but they all blame it on Mike Trout. Mike Trout was um, (laughs) the commissioner of the league, and apparently it's a big-money league. I mean, big-money guys, big-money league. They're not throwing in five bucks and playing – But Trout is supposed to be the commissioner. This is so stupid. This is like arguing over, like, I don't know, Madden. Uh, Trout declined comment on whether Jock Peterson, this is an actual tweet from a guy that has 63,000, a senior writer for The Athletic, which, by the way, should go under. Uh, And I don't even like to see people lose their jobs, but those people are morons. Uh, $10,000 buy-in for this league, okay? They asked <laughs> they asked Trout whether Jock Peterson violated rules of the fantasy league. He's unsure if he'll resign as the commissioner. <laughs> oh, man. Am I going to resign? This is New York Times sports. I didn't know New York Times had a sports section. Am I going to resign, Trout said. I haven't made that decision. I don't know. But every commissioner I know always gets booed. At least, at least Trout's making it funny. Honest to God. $10,000 buy-in, and away we go. I don't know. Maybe I don't I, – I, I'm in a fantasy league, but I don't take it that serious. But if I am playing for a $10,000 buy-in, I mean, it's got to mean all the other stuff is worth whatever. I might be a little blanked off too with Jock Peterson if he tried to circumvent the rules. Like, I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think I might be a little blanked off. Why wouldn't I be? I mean, look, that's a lot of money, even the guys making millions. But more than that, guys that make the big leagues or guys that make the NBA or any, they're competitive as hell. I just think it's funny that people actually care about this. Look, Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham getting a spat, who cares? I disagreed with Pham's suspension. This is two guys. Who cares? Like, I don't get all worked up about that crap. You know, Jimbo Fisher and Saban, eh. Like, I got it every day. Every day somebody's coming at me with something. You're racist, you're sad. That was a... That was, by the way, that was a Nancy Pelosi face. <laughs> anyway, uh, how ridiculous. Let's be honest. The whole thing is idiotic. But I love it. $10,000 buy-in. I'm going to get mad at you. Who else is cheating? You cheated. No, you cheated. See, boys will always be boys. Think about what that was. I just want you to think about this for a second. I know it's not worth this time as long as I'm talking about it, but I just want you to think about it for one second. When you were a little kid, no, you cheated. Uh-uh. No, uh-uh. No, I didn't. Slap a guy, whatever. Well, now these guys are big leaguers. Now these guys are millionaires, bazillionaires. Now these guys are famous, but it don't change yet. 
<laughs> it don't change you a bit. If you're a dude, you're always going to be a dude. Unless you're Bruce Jenner. But if you're a dude, it's always going to be the same. You cheated. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. The only difference is you're not going to go tell your mom. I'm telling. No, you're not. I don't care if you're Mike Trout or Joey Bag of Donuts down the street that's eight years old. Dudes are always going to be dudes. Best compliment I ever got a couple years ago. We have a boat race out here at my house. Boats are like, you know, these little things that I bought that you blow up. And a friend of mine, very good friend of mine from high school, came over, and he brought a couple other kids from high school, not kids anymore. One of them was an ex-girlfriend. She looks at me as we're doing this. She goes, Dan, you ever going to grow up? And I said, no. No. What the hell would I grow up for? Are you crazy? All right. You know, No. Dudes are always going to be dudes. Uh, got to tell you, we got a thousand votes right now. A bag of sand is currently up ninety-three percent uh, on a thousand thirty votes. You got eleven hours to vote, <laughs> so keep them coming, baby. What are you doing? Let's make daggone sure. I want a real representative of the American people. If you're just joining the show, we have a poll up. You can go to the official site at don't at me dd the ad is that little circle thing don't at me dd and you can go on there and you can uh vote would you rather have joe biden or would you have a bag of sand i tell you who i'd rather have more than anybody else i'm telling you right now i'll take clay thompson i'm not betting against clay thompson and i'm not betting i will not bet against steph curry now are they gonna win i don't know i have no idea but I know this, I ain't betting against them. I'll tell you right now, don't at me about it. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, no, no, I will not bet against Klay Thompson and Steph Curry and Draymond Green in the NBA Finals. I won't. I think the Boston Celtics are really good. I think the Boston Celtics have this going for them. They are battle tough. They have, if they lose game one and they lose game two, you think based on what's happened, they're going to give a rat's hell no. They're not going to care even a little bit. I'm When I say not even care a little bit, I mean not even a skosh because they've already done it. They've crapped the bed at home. They've crapped the bed in big series. In the first round, they've crapped the bed. In fact, you can make the argument. You can absolutely make the argument that the, uh, the Boston Celtics should have and could have lost in the first round round of playoffs against the freaking Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, I'm sorry, against the Brooklyn Nets. You can make that argument. Remember last second shot by Tatum? I mean, if Kyrie Irving, who, by the way, can't guard a bag of sand, uh, could guard anybody or would care about actually winning, the Boston Celtics may not have won that first round playoff, and now we wouldn't be talking about what a train wreck the New Jersey Nets are, the Brooklyn Nets, whatever the hell they're called. I'm telling you. I am telling you, that is the case. And if you go back and watch it as a coach, you'll see, man, Kyrie Irving's great. Give him his money. Fine, Kyrie Irving's great. Give him his money. I don't care. But what I'm telling you is this. I'm telling you, if he gave a rat's, the Celtics might not be there, but they are. I'll give you something that's a key to this series. When you first play a series 
and you're in your first couple games, okay, you can run some different sets. You can run some different things. You can put some actions in offensively, and you can put some things in defensively that can hurt the other team. But by game three, it's over. By game three, a play might work. A set, maybe. But by game three, you know what it's about? Who can go get buckets? That's what it's all about. And the other thing about game three, and this was told to me by a very smart NBA person. You know what the biggest difference is in playing in playoff series? The scrutiny. By game three of the NBA finals, basically, even those people, if it's a good series, even those people that say they don't watch the NBA, they're starting to watch. Every media member across the country is paying attention. I'm, and I'm actually going to tell you, every media member across the globe, you know how tied in the NBA is with China. China will be watching. Hell, everybody will be watching. I mean, let's be honest. You know, again, if you're not in war, you're not, you know what I mean. I mean, if you are a sports fan or a casual sports fan, everybody will be watching. So at the end of the day, the pressure mounts, and the pressure mounts, and the pressure mounts. And don't think for a second guys don't understand legacy. And this is where I'm interested to see how the Celtics do, because I think the Celtics have guys that are somewhat impervious to that. You saw them struggle during the season. Marcus Smart calls them all out. Next thing you know, they get pretty good. And now they're in the NBA Finals. That is a hell of a way to go about your season. The Warriors are just different. The Warriors, six out of eight years, man, they've been in this thing. You think anything's really going to get to Steph Curry? Now, make no mistake, Steph Curry isn't perfect. He'll take some ridiculously bad shots. He will. Uh, Draymond Green, he ain't perfect either. He'll turn down some ridiculously good shots because he's got a little bit of Ben Simmons in him. It, It is a great team and a dynasty. And I'm not going to get into all this stupid dynasty talk. That's just for idiots. Not doing that. But I will say this. um, They win this one. Hmm. You know, really, is there an end in sight? I'm sure there is. But is there really an end in sight? I mean, is there really like, hey, look, I see these guys slowing down because I don't. And now, given the way people go about taking care of their bodies, but but they can play for a long time. But here's what I'm looking at. Tonight's game... I, you know, I got no idea who's going to win. The old rest versus rust thing. But I'll tell you this. I'm not betting against Steph Curry in this series. And here's another last thing, and then we got to go to break, and Jason Hammer's going to join us. But the other thing is this. Betting against Steph Curry, I've said this every day. You bet against Steph Curry, and you bet against the Warriors, you are never, I don't care what the score is, you're never comfortable. I mean, we've seen so many times. 11 to zip run. Whap, whap, whap. Three threes and a deuce. And next thing you know, you're going, wait wait a second. How the hell did that happen? We're up at nine. Now we're down five. The Warriors are getting three and a half tonight. The over-under is 212.5. I don't think I'd touch either. If I was going to do anything, I guess I'd pay the $65 juice. But watch what I'm telling you. Watch after game three. When the scrutiny really comes, who can step up and who's going to go away? That's the key in this series. First game's fine. You know, second game's fine. It's all fine. But I'm just saying, I'm telling you, 
after game three, can the Boston Celtics handle the heat that comes with a worldwide championship? And make no mistake, like football's worldwide because people watch it. Basketball's worldwide because people watch it and they play it. Nobody's playing football in, I don't know, wherever some of these NBA guys are from, South America. Uh, I don't know, wherever. I guess they are playing in Canada. Different plays. They're not playing football. They're playing basketball. They know basketball. Pressure becomes uh, very, very strong. It mounts. All right, we come back. One of our favorites, Thursday, it's Jason Allen Hammer. We are going to discuss Joe Biden's inner circle continues to have to say, no, he didn't didn't mean that. No, no. What happened was, and what he meant was, uh, Johnny Depp, the winner here, right, in the trial. Why was this trial so captivating? San Francisco mayor announces a $6.5 million plan to end homelessness But only certain people that are homeless get to be involved in this. Hammer time, baby. It's my favorite time of the week. He's next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers the string trimmers and more right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer real steel the FS56 RCE is made in America of US and global materials offer valid through June 16 2024 see participating retailer for details well he's the best in the history of the world and I don't say that lightly three to six every day three seven every day on WIBC 93.1 right here in Indianapolis, a legendary station who, at, which has been made even more legendary because at Jason Allen Hammer joins. It is a political station that talks sports, pop culture, ridiculousness. That's why I like it. Uh, Hammer time. We have a Twitter poll going up right now at my new uh, station or my new show Twitter handle at don't at me DD. The question is this, if you had a revote, would you vote for Joe Biden or a bag of sand to be the president? Well, the way that I look at this here, if you're doing the tale of the tape, a bag of sand has never had to have other bags of sand walk back things that the bag of sand has said. The bag of sand has not almost gotten us into the, a third world war And a bag of sand has not made our border wide open. Um, If anything, the bag of sand may help with that. Uh, So sign me up for the bag of sand here, coach. Not even close. This is like a Reagan Mondale landslide. (laughs) No. Did you you know that there is actually a sand shortage across the world? A worldwide sand shortage. Really? Because I think if you ask somebody in – like the Middle East or one of these African countries, do you feel bad about the sand shortage? You may be disappointed in your answer. Uh, no, I, everything. there's a shortage in everything right now. There's a shortage in common sense. There's a shortage in leadership. I'm not surprised that sand falls somewhere down that list as well. No, I agree. Uh, you mentioned Joe Biden and having to or his crew having to walk back things. What are you talking about there? So... 
three, just three examples off the top of my head in the last couple of months of Joe Biden saying something ridiculous and then his inner circle, the administration having to slowly pump the brakes and walk it back. If you remember, Joe Biden was speaking to some U.S. troops. It was about what was going on with Ukraine and Russia. And he told the U.S. troops, uh, you're going to find out when you get there. You're going to find out how bad Ukraine is when you get there, indicating that, wait a minute, are we going to Ukraine? So the staff had to walk that back. There was also that little situation where he was basically calling for regime change in Russia. Vladimir Putin can't remain in power. Well, listen, if you say that and I say that as radio hosts, okay, that's what we do. But if you're the head of state, if you are a world leader, if you are the president of the United States, that sounds like regime change. So the White House had to slowly walk that back. And just the other day, he's talking about guns. That's the big talking point right now. And he says that a nine millimeter bullet will blow the lungs out of a body. First of all, that's not even close to being true. And you can tell this guy knows absolutely nothing of what he's- I mean, okay, let, let, let's get a little, doc, little doctorial here. Like people, it's easy to just say, well, he doesn't know where he is. He's, he's, he's not all there. Well, what do you think it is? He doesn't know where he is, coach. He's not all there. You just said it. It's 100%. <laughs> the guy's clearly got some sort of issue. Like, I'm not going to act like I'm a doctor here, but I saw my grandfather go through the exact same things where sometimes you confuse people. Like my grandfather used to call me the name of my dad uh, toward the end of his life. And you see this with Joe Biden. He mixes up his wife. He mixes up his sister. He mixes up world leaders. He doesn't remember who they are. He doesn't remember what weapons do what. Um, listen, there's a lot of things you have to be in charge of and remember as the president of the United States. It's not an easy job, but it's even tougher when you're getting so old and the skills start to slow down. That cognitive decline kicks in. Anybody who's had a loved one, a grandparent, a parent, whatever it is, go through any stages of dementia or old age that makes them act in a certain way, then you see this with Joe Biden. He makes up stories. How many times have we talked about how he was a train engineer? How many times have he, has he talked about hiking all these thousands of miles with President Xi? But he's making up stories, coach. Nobody can back any of these things up. And now he's getting upset when his inner circle walks things back, and this is from an NBC report, NBC, not Breitbart, not Fox News, NBC says Joe Biden is angry that Democrats, one, are not going on the Sunday news shows to stick up for him, and number two, his inner circle keeps walking things backwards. Again, listen, I don't like Joe Biden's policies. I don't really like Joe Biden as a person, it's kind of sad to see the cognitive decline that he's in. You know, it's our fault. <clears throat> I mean, we elected the guy, and, and if you didn't know, you, you, you weren't paying attention. You know what I mean? Like, I, I never, ever discuss that with any kind of attitude other than to feel sorry or sad for somebody that's going through this. But when you're the president of the United States, I mean, look, we all have an obligation, I think, 
to discuss, criticize, and bring out the points that you are making. Let me ask you this, because I put out a tweet, and it's gotten, I don't know, it's at about 500,000 looks or whatever the hell it is. And one of the things I said in it is that pre-election, the United States was feared slash respected. Okay, when, when Trump was in office, the United States was feared slash respected. Whatever you want to say, however you want to say it. And I believe that. Number one, is that true? And my also belief, and I don't want to put words, I want your opinion. My also belief is there's nobody that can think for themselves looking at us with this guy as our leader that can, quote, fear and respect us now. Does that make sense? Fear, fear 100%. There's no doubt. If you don't think people didn't fear the United States under the big bad orange man, look what happened to Soleimani, look what happened to el-Baghdadi, and the fact that there were no major wars under uh, the four years as president. Now, the respect, it kind of goes into what your definition of respect is. I know that sounds like Bill Clinton. Uh, what is, is. But is respect <laughs> looking at the United States as some dignified land of promise? Or is respect, you know what? I might not like those guys, but I really don't want to screw with those guys because I'm afraid about what may come next. And maybe that falls into the fear category. Um, respect, that one, it depends. If you look at our president calling a porn star horse face or making fun of a media uh, reporter's bloody facelift, which happened on Twitter under Donald Trump, okay, then you can say, well, we're a laughing stock at the world. But at the same time, we had a good economy. The border was solid. Uh, every jobs report was encouraging. Um, there was law. There was order. Uh, but now those things are not there, but there's really nice tweets. So is that somebody's definition of respect? Because if that is, that's not my definition of respect. Um, yeah, the respect part, I don't even really care about. What I do care about are the results. Are we going to fix ourselves do we have a functioning economy? Are we going to have a secure border? Are our major cities across America going to be safer? Because I, know, okay, so let's say Boris Johnson, he might not like Donald Trump. As long as they have your back when things get squirrely, that's all that matters. I've had to work with people I don't like before. Things have been fine. I agree with you. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I do. I, I, I totally agree. I, look, my, my deal has always been the same. You know, I don't need my morality dictated by a president's actions. You know, I mean, hell, everybody seems to love JFK, and all he was doing was stooping everything that walked. I mean, what are we talking <laughs> about here? You know what I'm saying? I mean, damn, no all of a sudden now we're the is. moral police. Right. It doesn't matter who the president is. It don't is, matter. Coach. It doesn't matter. This country is set up to where as long as you want to find a way to work, you might not like the job, but you can have every opportunity to make some money in this country. Now, not everybody's going to be a millionaire. Not everybody's going to be a billionaire. You might not have that dream job that you thought you'd have coming out of high school. But in this country, it's designed. You can create your own path. If you're somebody that relies on the government, to give you things all the time, then you're never going to be satisfied. More government equals more problems. Yeah, and if you rely on the government to give you morality, you're totally screwed. You know, I mean, what the hell? Hey, uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, both won. Heard lost. Please explain. 
Listen, this is one of those trials that when it started, I didn't care a blue rat's ass about. I don't like Johnny Depp. I've never even heard of Amber Heard. I didn't care. But when this thing started picking up steam and I'm hearing sound bites about people losing fingers, people pooping in the bed, you know, all kinds of things being broken, slander. Did the Washington Post run fake news? All right. Now we got ourselves a good old fashioned ball game. Um, I think the decision was just. And can we please, for the love of everything holy, stop with this garbage of believe all women. I thought believe all women went out the window when Michael Avenatti was trotting out there, these ridiculous chicks claiming that Brett Kavanaugh was running trains on them during his uh, confirmation hearing for the Supreme Court. But if we haven't put dirt on the grave of that useless saying, look at Amber Heard. Basically, a jury said, yeah, we don't really like Johnny Depp, and we're going to give you $2 million bucks because he's kind of a creep, but you have to give him 15 because you lied about everything, and you put it in the Washington Post. The Washington Post was fine with running the story as an op-ed, and yeah, the whole believe all women thing, never once did I buy it. And if you're saying to yourself, well, of course, you're a guy, my wife, who's just in the next room, the minute that phrase started coming out, she looked at me and says, you can't believe all women. We're nasty bitches. We're skeezers. We're horrible people sometimes. <laughs> my wife said the my wife said the exact same thing. My wife said the exact same thing. She's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Are you crazy? She goes, you can't. Lee is like, you can't do that. It's like, you know, men, we're so, we're so dumb. I once had an argument on my show, my radio show in Indy, about what would be a more disgusting job, cleaning a men's locker room or a women's locker room. I said men's because I think men are disgusting. Oh, women called in and said, you got no idea, Dan. There's nothing worse, right? We don't. Hey, I get it. Hey, we don't know. But, hey, to the herd, to the herd point, um, does an op-ed, does putting something in as an op-ed exonerate a newspaper like the Washington Post? If they run that and they have not changed anything, I think it kind of does. I might not like it, uh, but it kind of does. But keep in mind, the Washington Post was the newspaper that was finger-wagging you, democracy dies in the darkness. Yet it seems like they have to settle with people all the time, and now they're getting called out for running this op-ed. But the minute they change anything, if they change a headline, if they change a line, if they change any sort of uh, verbiage in the story, then yes, now they're on the hook for it. So it, it's going to be tough to prove in court, but I'm tired of getting the finger-wagging from the Jeff Bezos Washington Post about democracy dies in darkness and, and one more thing here on the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing, because, again, I get it. Most people that are into sports, that are into politics, are looking at this like, I don't give a damn. But isn't it a little bit, I mean, just a little bit frustrating that we know so much about this trial. We know who's pooped in a bed. We know who's got a dog. We know where Johnny Depp keeps his weed and his cocaine. We don't know anything about the Maxwell Epstein trial. Why is that? Why do we not have journal intact list, the client list of Ghislaine Maxwell? She's still alive. She's not taking a dirt nap yet. 
where are all these hardcore journalists that love the leaks and have these great contacts and all these great inside sources here? Listen, if it's Clinton, if it's Trump, if it's whoever, let's find out who it is. Let's get it out there. Because to me, that is so much more of an important story. And it's an underreported story in this country than anything else. Why do you think that is? I mean, I, I my answer is because, you know, the left is so in bed with all these people and they don't want to get embarrassed themselves. But, I mean... I, you know, why, 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 what do you think the answer to that is? Why, why is it that way? I think that's part of it. I mean, if you look at who the, quote, prosecutor was for Ghislaine, Epps, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, it was James Comey's daughter, Lincoln Lyon, James Comey's daughter, who's the best friend of the Democrat Party. That was the prosecutor. Now, the prosecutor won the case against Maxwell, but the minute that verdict came in, the records were sealed. Now, why is that? Why would the prosecution, not the defense, the prosecution want to have the record sealed? What are you covering up? How many of your dad's buddies are down there on pedophile island doing God knows what? And again, I don't give a damn if it's Republicans, if it's Democrats, if it's actors, athletes, whoever it is. Sex against children, prostitution, human trafficking. These are the things that should bring us all together. But why is it a partisan thing? Why can't we get this list? Because just the gut feeling here, if that were Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and Donald Trump and all these other folks, nothing but Republicans down there at Pedophile Island, you would find out who they were, when they traveled there, when they stayed there. You would have a list of their home addresses. You know, I'm going to take this a bit farther. You know, human trafficking has become a real thing. Hell, we saw... At a Mavericks game, uh, eight people got arrested for trying to steal somebody to traffic her. It, if, if human trafficking, let me just go this route with you. If all of a sudden we saw the perp walk of famous people for human trafficking, that would go a long way in the campaign against human trafficking, right? It would be like, man, if they got those guys, they could certainly get me. So we're right. really do we're really having a disservice done to us by sealing these records and by protecting these pedophiles. It's a slippery slope between human trafficking, prostitution, and pedophilia. All three of those things work together. Uh, here in my state, your state, coach of Indiana, there was recently a big uh, pedophilia bust at a county. Uh, about 30 minutes from Indianapolis. And we spoke to some of the uh, authorities that were part of that raid, and they busted like 20 people. And some of these people are coming in from two, three, four hours away to meet up with some of these, what they thought were children. It was kind of one of those Dateline uh, Chris Hansen setups. Yeah. These people are traveling hours to meet these children. One of the investigators told me, we could do this kind of thing every single day in different parts of the state and have the same result. Think about how scary and how gross that is. And with our justice system, how many of these guys are going to be right back out on the streets the next day? They're going to get slapped with a home detention bracelet. They're going to be told to register as a sex offender. But how many of these people actually do that? It's very few. They get back out on the street because most of the 
inner city jails and county jails are loaded up right now with violent offenders. So if you don't have room for the pedophiles, that means they get slapped with a bracelet. They get back out on your streets. And I'm telling you, this is a major, major problem. It's rich people. It's poor people. It's the city. It's the suburb areas. It doesn't matter. This is happening all over America. And it's the most underreported story. Fentanyl and human trafficking are the two most underreported stories in American media. Fentanyl's, fentanyl's, correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but fentanyl, there's a lot to do with open borders and fentanyl, isn't there? There is. I mean, it's coming across in rectal. And the thing about fentanyl is we know some drugs are more dangerous than others, right? You're probably not going to die if you hit a bong and you smoke some weed. Let's be honest. But fentanyl, man, it's a killer. You have weed laced. You have something laced with fentanyl. Uh, there was a story out of Florida where some spring breakers um, had a little OD on fentanyl. Somebody tried to give one of them mouth to mouth, and then they had the, uh, the fentanyl in their system, too. It's so dangerous. It takes just a little bit to kill a great amount, and it's coming across our border. China has a big part of it. China is a big part of why Mexico has the fentanyl to begin with. And Mexico makes it easy. They can literally just walk it across. Uh, the San Francisco mayor said, yeah, we, we've got a five-year, $6.5 million plan and homelessness, but only transgender homelessness. What is this about? Let me make one thing perfectly clear. The mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, is an idiot. This is the same moron <laughs> who violated her own mask mandate because R&B band Tony, Tony, Tony had a reunion concert and she was, quote, feeling the spirit and didn't want to put a mask on at the uh, indoor reunion concert for Tony, Tony, Tony. So now she comes out with this plan that says, all right, we are going to address the homeless situation in San Francisco. All right. I think that's something we can all get behind. Anybody that's been to Frisco, you see that's a big problem. There's homeless all over the place. There's bum poop up and down the streets. It's a big deal. All right, let's get some millions of dollars. Let's build some shelters. But it's only, only if you identify as transgender. So imagine being some homeless bum and you're under a bridge and here comes a little caravan of the mayor's office. Excuse me, excuse me, are, are you transgender? No? Okay, well, continue to lay under that bridge. They give you the middle finger and they drive off. But if you identify as transgender, you get to come inside the new shelter. You're going to get rehabilitated. You're going to get a meal. You're going to get a shower. You're going to get clothes. They're going to help you get a job interview. Okay, good for them. But what about everybody else that's under that bridge? How are they going to do this? Are they literally just going to go under bridges by bus stops and say, raise your hand if you're transgender? You? All right, get in the car <laughs> with me. We're going. It's the most ridiculous thing. And if transgender folks want to be viewed as, you know, just like everybody else, if you're looking for, you know, the equal opportunity, this is not equal opportunity. It's not equal opportunity if your sexuality dictates whether or not you get shelter or not. This is ridiculous. There's nothing wrong with helping women, helping men, helping transgender people. 
it's fine. But when you start singling people out for their sex, for their color, for their religion, and to do a victory lap on it, like this dumbass does in San Francisco, to make it look like she's super progressive for giving a middle finger to everybody else that's under the bridge, it's laughable. She's a clown. Tony, 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 baby, I'm feeling the spirit right now. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing. You know, if, if somebody, I don't know, 10 years ago, I'd go back 10 years. If somebody 10 years ago, just 10, wrote a movie about what's real right now, nobody would believe we'd be this stupid in this country. There's nobody that would believe we couldn't define what a woman is. There's nobody that would believe the story that you just told. There's nobody that 10 years ago would believe this nonsense. There's nobody. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. If I'm a homeless person in San Francisco, I don't care if I am into dudes, if I'm into women, if I identify as a man or a woman, guess what? I'm transgender now. If it means me sleeping under the bridge one more night or going to this brand new $6.5 million facility, I don't care what I have to do. If I have to tuck parts, if I have to do something, I want to get in the shelter. I'm with you on that. Hey, as soon as you were talking about that, I'm like, you're damn right I'm transgender. You're damn right. I would do whatever I had to do. You know, the one thing I've always said about homelessness is, you know, I really don't want to hear how people say, well, you know, I went homeless for a night. Uh, to, you know, I remember Nick Nolte telling me that he went homeless for a few nights to play a role. And I asked him, I go, well, yeah, I mean, you learned what it was like to live on the street, but you didn't like, you didn't learn about the hopelessness of that, right? right? You didn't learn about how hopeless you are. Well, you know, if I get a chance to go to a facility and I get a chance to get cleaned up, at least there's a sliver of hope. And I've talked to a number, and I know you have too, a number of homeless people in and around downtown Indianapolis. Uh, my buddy Rocky, military guy right there on the corner of Meridian <coughs> on the circle, south side. Uh, hopelessness is the thing. That, that's just a bunch of crap. I would say real quick, yeah, I'm transgender, man. Yeah, pick me. Hey, uh, what do you like tonight? Three and a half is what the Warriors are giving. You like anything there? So I'm going to break some numbers down here for you. Whoever you think is going to win the game, bet on them, okay? Because the spread yeah. has not mattered uh, the last couple of years in the NBA Finals here. The last eight years of the NBA Finals, 45 games – the winner is 41-2-2 against the spread. That's a 95.3% rate. So avoid the favorite. So if you think, uh, you know, Golden State is going to win, avoid, you know, the, the money line pick. Go with the spread. If you think Boston's going to win, you're not going to need the points. Pick Boston to win. The spread has only mattered in two out of the last – 43 results with two pushes. I think Golden State's going to win tonight, so I will take Golden State to cover the three and a half to four, depending on where you're finding the number at. So it's kind of like what we hear with the Super Bowl, right? Very rarely does the spread come into play. Who you think is going to win will either win outright and not need the points, or the favorite will cover. So I'm in on the favorite tonight. I like Golden State game one. Give me the Warriors. You think it's a high-scoring series? I don't think it's high-scoring, no. I think Boston plays pretty good defense. The over-under is about right. 
Uh, Golden State, I believe, was the best team in the NBA playoffs at hitting the over that played at least six games. So we're not talking about the teams that got the doors blown off and swept right away. Of all the teams that have played at least six games in the NBA playoffs, the Warriors were the best at hitting the over. I, last time I checked, I think it was around 212, 213, something like that. I, I'm not playing yep. the over-under. It feels about right because I think Boston can lock you up a little bit. I am, I, you know, usually 212 is something that I would play the over on, but I'm not doing it first game of a series. What You like anything else? You like Curry 27 and a half either way? Uh, there's a prop bet on Draymond Green. Uh, points, rebounds, and assists. I believe I'm taking the under in that one. Um, again, I like Boston's size. I like Boston's depth. Um, they can play some defense. If Draymond Green is not going to get in the double digits into points, that overall total is not going to come anywhere close. Uh, so if you have that available on your sports betting app or wherever you go, look for the Draymond Green points, rebounds, and assists and ride the under on that one. All right. All right, big dog. Always entertaining. Every Thursday you bring it, brother, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. He's the best, I'm telling you. At Jason Allen Hammer, go give him a follow right now. Right now. Right now. Go give the man a follow. I'm telling you. It's good stuff. It's real stuff. You know, the reason I like Hammer, he's not a Republican or Democrat. I'm not a Republican or Democrat. We can just think for ourselves, and we're not afraid to say things most people are thinking. That's why the Hammer and Nigel show, 3 o'clock, 3 to 7, at WIBC.com, if you're looking for it, is the best show in the state of Indiana. And I say that as a guy that has a show in the state of Indiana. Their show's better. I listen to their show on the way home. I'm like, they're better. So there you go. Uh, I got the D-A-M Awards. Damn Awards coming up next. You don't want to miss them. We got How High Can It Go? Ah, oh, crap award. Who are these guys? I didn't know this existed award. The unbelievable. You will not believe. In fact, I had, I'm not even sure the story that I'm going to talk about next is even true. I didn't go that deep. Last night, I was working. I played golf. I choked like a dog. I'll get into that later. I got home. I went to the store. Uh, We picked up a grill that we had bought. My wife, this is my life. My wife went into the garage at like 930, and guess what she did? She put a grill together. You know what I did? So you're not, but you're not going to, so I didn't really research this story as clearly as I should, but you will not believe a story that I have for you coming up next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, we got a great week rocking and rolling right now, and I want to thank everybody for watching. I want to thank everybody on the YouTube chat. Morgan! Ask, am I not allowed to make fun, quote, make fun of the Republicans? 
Dude, move up here, Morgan. Morgan, it's, nobody's ever told me what I'm allowed to do or not to do. What they've asked me to do is not swear. Uh, so I've tried not to swear, but I'll, hey, you tell me, what do you want me to make fun of Republican-wise? Gas prices? Well, no, I can't do that. Stock market in the crapper? No, I can't do that. Screwing up Afghanistan? Well, I can make fun of everybody in that sense. Uh, hey, host, first time, short time, I'm asking, are you allowed to make fun of both parties or not? We all know Dems are dumb. You've made it clear. Yeah, I can talk about whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want, Morgan, I'm in, and thank you for coming on. Yeah, we'll do whatever you want. I mean, you tell me. Give me some uh, good good Republican uh, stuff or good conservative stuff, and I'm in, man. I'm in. Uh, Dan, what did Bob Knight teach you? He taught you how to hit a jump shot. Well, he didn't teach me how to play music. I saw what you said there, Nick. He didn't teach me how to play music. He didn't teach me how to hit a jump shot. Frankie Kalensis taught me hit a jump shot. Frankie Kalensis is currently in Greece in hiding. He got convicted of, wait for it, voter fraud running for city councilman in East Chicago. That's right. You all think there's no such thing as voter fraud. Y'all never lived in Northwest Indiana. In Northwest Indiana, we got voter fraud coming out the yang. And my guy, Frankie Kalensis, he was the head coach at Highland High School. Taught me how to shoot this beautiful J. Next thing you know, uh, he gets convicted concrete for votes uh, in the day. Federal court, so he had to do 75% of his time. He was going to basically die in prison, so he said, screw that. Uh, he, they did not take his passport. They should have. He had all kind of different passports. Next thing you know, he's on a plane to Mykonos. He actually called in my radio show in Indianapolis from Mykonos. There you go. I'm not angry, Morgan. I want to know. What do you want me to tell? I'm in, man. DD spits truths. You're damn right, Jason. Let's spit some truths. The How High Can It Go Award. How high can it go? We're usually on how low can you go. But how high can you go? It's the dammies, baby. How high can you go? Well, let me tell you how high it is going. It is going high enough, ladies and gentlemen, And I'm talking about gas prices. We're sitting there, all of us, some with hair, some not with hair. You're filling up at the pump and you don't even want to look. 92 bucks is what I spent to fill up the 140,000 miles on it traverse. 140, or excuse me, $92. You know what it was before the election? 35. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a lot I can do with the difference in about $57. You all like this. No, you don't. You guys are smart. You listen to this show. People out there apparently like this. And I'll tell you why they like it. People are saying this, and I don't know whether it's true or not, but I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that part of the Green New Deal is to break us. Break us from using gas. Make gas too expensive, so we've got to do what? Well, you know what we've got to do? We've got to go out and buy electric. Look, I don't care about electric car. I'm good with all of it. But in the job I used to have, which is ESPN, and I like to drive to the games, I can't drive to Michigan State from here unless I got to stop in Fort Wayne for two and a half hours to re-energize the car. I don't want that. I don't want it. I don't need it. I won't have it. That's what I'm hearing. So the answer is how high can it go? People are telling me it's going to get to $10 a gallon in this country at some point fairly soon. I ain't happy about it. 
I am not happy about it. And I don't think you should be either. I don't. I don't think you should be either. I think that we should start saying, hey, look, see, here's the one thing. Like, one thing I did like about Trump, and this is going to sound very odd to you, all right? Very odd. I think Trump listened. Like, I think Trump, I always got this feeling. I always got the feeling that Trump heard and saw our problems and tried to do something about them. I always felt like more than this guy going, oh, what, what, Biden going, family! Ah! That's all he said, family. American family is going to go through a hard winter. Trump would be like, yeah, well, I'm going to try not to make it a hard winter. These scare tactics these people use, there's nothing that anybody can say. The reason I talk about them is because I feel like I have a platform and maybe I'm the only one, but I don't know. Public pressure works sometimes. Man, at least Trump listened. This guy, I think he don't even know where the hell he is. But our guy Biden or your guy Biden, man. How could you not sit there and realize that 60-some dollars about every couple weeks, at least in my car, I don't know what you all do. Some of you got a lot bigger cars than I got. It's insane. When will it end? It's going to end, I think, at 10 bucks a gallon. When you vote these idiots out, they got the House, they got the, they got the uh, Senate, and they got the White House. I mean, what, what are you doing? The All Crap Award. You know, the other day was the last day to announce you're going to the NBA as a college kid. Well, the all crap award goes to Michigan. Ah, crap. See, Michigan, along with Indiana, I think were the two favorites in the Big Ten in basketball. Michigan lost two kids. They lost a kid named Caleb Houston, who I guess he's staying, and I guess he's going to be pretty good, and I guess he is getting the right advice from people. You know, that's my guess. I mean, Caleb Houston, okay, he's a good player. Came in as a five-star recruit, all that happy horse bleep. He's going to stay in the draft. And, okay, good for him. I mean, I never say, hey, look, don't follow your dreams. If you believe the people that are telling you to stay in the draft, then you got to do it. But, ah, oh, crap, if you're Michigan, then – they lose to Kitty Musa Diabite. Diabite, I always say his name wrong. He's going to stay in the draft as well. Now, I don't know where that kid falls in the NBA, but I know this. That kid and the kid Houston basically have perfect bodies for the NBA. Now, Houston was a terrific corner shooter. Think P.J. Tucker, but long, lean, and young. He's a terrific corner three shooter. I don't know whether both of their games. I got no idea. I told you this yesterday. The one thing I do know about the NBA – the one thing I know is that fit matters. And if these two guys get drafted by the right team, then guess what? It's going to be good for them. If they get drafted by the wrong team, look, you got to understand, these two guys are really good players. And I would love to have the body and, the, and their future. they got great future coming. But they ain't LeBron, ladies and gentlemen. They ain't LeBron. So fit matters to these guys. I mean, that's that's what I got for you. It just does. So, ah, crap. Like, when you're a coach, that's what you do. Like, guys get a transfer. Ah, crap. You say different words, but ah, crap. 
you know, we're trying to sell the show. Uh, who in the hell are these guys? That's my next award. Like, who are these guys? Like, in my world, the New York Mets in 1969, they broke the hearts of my Cubs. All right? My Cubs were up. Sano, Kessinger, Beckert, and Banks, and Williams, and they always had somebody different in center field. Jim Hickman and Wright, Randy Hundley, Pitt Fergie, Jenkins, Bill Hands. Man, we had a squad with Kenny Holtzman. So the Mets break my heart. In 84, the Mets and the Cubs were in the same division. Doc Good and those guys were young. The Cubs beat them, went to the playoffs. 86, we know what happened. The Mets got the break from Buckner. Next thing you know, down in game seven, they win. And the Mets have been okay. Now, they've been fine. They won a World Series a few years ago. That's fine. Great. But I got to tell you, the Mets usually stink. The Mets don't stink this year. No. The Mets don't stink even a little bit. And they had something interesting. Carlos Carrasco is a longtime pitcher. Carlos Carrasco is a good pitcher. Carlos Carrasco's been injured. He's been up. He's been down. 13-year big league career. Think about this. Had a chance to pitch in front of his father. Now, that to me is cool. Luis was at the game. He went, what did I see? Five shutout innings. They won five to nothing yesterday. The Mets won their sixth in a row, and he was crying. He lives in Columbia. He has visited him a few times uh, when he played in Cleveland, but they could never date, work the dates out so that his dad could be at a game when Carlos pitched. That's pretty cool. Now, hey, look, there's a backstory here because your dad's in Columbia. You've made millions of dollars. Fly him in when you're pitching. I don't know the backstory, and I don't care about the backstory. But the truth of the matter is the Mets have always, to me, been one of the least interesting teams in sports. I hear about them all the time because they're in New York. They're absolutely second fiddle to the Yankees. There's no question about that. If you question that, God bless you, but you shouldn't because, well, what the hell? But the truth of the matter is They've been pretty damn good. And if you go back, they've been pretty good by subtraction. I mean, last year, Javi Baez did a lot of talking, man. Javi Baez did a lot of talking when he was with the Mets. Javi Baez hadn't done nothing. Nothing. So now the Mets are good. Now let's think about this just for a second. People say, well, baseball sucks. It's awful. It's bad. I like baseball. I don't watch it every night, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, I watch the Cubs. I, I, you know, I guess I care about the Cubs. I didn't used to, but I do now. Well, I, I used to, but I don't now. Actually, I got that in reverse. But I got to tell you, New York Mets, not the Yankees, taking on the Dodgers in the A, or excuse me, in the NLCS. That'd be big ratings. That'd be big. You got New York uh, against LA, and then if you can get a New York or LA against the Yankees in the World Series, now you're really in business. So that's what you kind of hope for. Uh, if you are an executive in Major League Baseball, you want New York taking on L.A., particularly this year. Batting averages stink, right? Nobody's hitting the ball, really. There's not that much of an interesting storyline in baseball for you. All right. Hey, look, I didn't even know this existed. I didn't know this existed. Like, I will fully disclose, I am not a porn guy, all right? I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I, I've never really been into porn. I've never thought about porn. 
I, you know, I'm not a porn guy. Ah, to say I never thought about porn, that would be a lie, right? That's a lie. But apparently, apparently, lonely widow porn is a thing with Hunter Biden. You know, the interesting thing about Hunter Biden is it feels like every other week something interesting comes up about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, all of a sudden, apparently, I I don't know, uh, had a bit of a fetish for lonely widow porn. Hey, I'm not mad at him, man. Like, I'm not mad at him even a little bit. I'm not mad at him. Uh, you do your thing. Uh, your thing is great. Um, you know, the dude, it, he, there's a new memoir coming out. Hunter Biden's ex, Kathleen Bewley. Now, I got to tell you something. People have asked me for years to write a memoir, particularly playing basketball for Bob Knight. But if I was, I wasn't a champion. I wasn't an all-world player. I wasn't any of those kind of things. So if I were going to write a book that was going to sell or be interesting, first, I better do it pretty quick. Second, it would have to expose things that, frankly, I don't think should be exposed. I'm not saying anything nefarious. I'm just saying that I would have to tell stories, and it wouldn't make people look great, that I like, that I respect. And just like if somebody did it to me, it wouldn't make me look great. I was a college kid, man. I'd blast. But the truth of the matter is, so I don't, I've never respected the old, hey, I'm writing a memoir and I'm going to get back at you. Like we have revenge porn laws now, right? Why don't we have revenge book laws? So this woman, Bewley, threw Hunter Biden out of their house after finding a crap, crack pipe in the ashtray. Okay, it talks about hookers, all right? It talks about hookers. It talks about Hunter Biden having an affair with his sister-in-law. I mean, it's one of those deals where it's so sorted again. I go back to 10, 20 years ago. Would we have ever elected a president whose kid did all this? Maybe, maybe. I I don't know. I I don't know. But the truth of the matter is, this is where we're at as a country. And I don't even care. Look, the dude, drugs, alcohol, prostitute. This is the greatest book ever if you like this stuff. Listen to this. Hunter, Bewley and Hunter Biden separated in October of 15. She filed for divorce, accusing him of spending exact, ex, ex, extravagantly, Dan, on his own interests. Those interests are in order. I don't know if it's actually in order, but this is how it's written. Drugs, alcohol, prostitutes, strip clubs, gifts for women with whom he had sexual relations, and leaving his family with no funds to pay legitimate bills. Bewley tells People Magazine she's forgiven him and said she had stage 3 colon cancer after the divorce, but has been cancer-free for four years. She doesn't get alimony, from Biden has nothing to tell a federal and has nothing to tell the federal grand jury that's investigating the first son about tax evasion. Whether or not I'm questioned, I couldn't be of any help, she told people. I kept my head so deeply buried in the sand on our finances. 
That's your guy. Hunter Biden. Man, that book's got it all, baby, if you're into that kind of stuff. Me, personally, not my thing. I like talking about it externally. But I don't like 911 calls, and I really don't like this. We all know Hunter Biden's a dirtbag. I mean, allegedly. If you don't, then I don't know what to tell you. You know, you can say, well, he's got an addiction. Okay, he's got an addiction. All right. A lot of ways for really rich dudes. And oh, by the way, how'd these people get so rich? But I digress. Um, You know, New York Times, Hunter Biden paid tax bill, but federal investigation goes on. All right. You believe that? But I didn't know that. I didn't know that lonely widow porn, although I can understand it, you know, lonely widow, guy knocks on the door, UPS guy dressed in that hot brown uniform, ooh, baby. That's right. All right, this next story is so unbelievable that I'm going to give you a second to tell your friends to tune in. Call them, text them. I don't think this story is real. Hey, Dylan and Ryan, can you talk on the air? I don't know if they can. My thing may have gone out here. No, it didn't. Fellas, this story, all right, is so unbelievable that this cuts to the core of what a lot of men think. Are you ready for this story? A woman who was pregnant got more pregnant while she was pregnant and had twins. Now let me buying that. I, I, I'm just telling you, a woman that was pregnant got more pregnant and had twins. I don't know, man. Here's the story. You ready? I'm not even saying this is true, but I like the story so much, and I didn't really investigate this like I should have, but I like the story so much. A 30-year-old Texas woman became pregnant while being already pregnant and gave birth to twins within the span of six minutes. Hey, Lee! Kara Winhold became pregnant in February last year. A month later, she became pregnant again. The condition is known as super fertitation in medical terms, a condition a new pregnancy occurs during an initial pregnancy within days or weeks of the first one. I said to the doctor, what happened? Yeah. He wasn't there the first time. What's going on? The doctor said that most likely I ovulated twice, released two eggs. They got fertilized at different times, about a week apart. I 100% believe it was a miracle just because of everything that happened in my pregnancy journey. I broke down in tears and I cried. I was overwhelmed, confused, but very happy. My husband was in shock. Baby Colson Winhold and little brother Caden were conceived a week apart, according to reports. 
Speaking to the New York Post, uh, she said, I knew I wanted more kids. I'm very optimistic. And I was like, ah, it's going to happen. And I knew it was part of my journey and my life to be a mom. So I knew I didn't want to give up, but going to therapy made me learn how to heal and understand that it wasn't my fault. It took a lot of time. She and her husband, Blake, welcomed their first child in 18. Later, Kara, unfortunately, had three miscarriages while trying for another child. Last miscarriage almost killed her. The situation was such she was scared to get pregnant again. She got pregnant in February, and the doctors informed Right? Who would have ever, I've never heard of that. And I like to think of myself as somebody that hears about damn near everything because what the hell Wednesday has taken me to brunches for drag queens at Taco Bell. It's taken me, uh, there was one yesterday a guy sent me about, never mind, I can't go into it. But I never thought I would hear about a woman being pregnant, having sex, and getting pregnant again. This could be a problem for some women. What if there's two fathers? What if all of a sudden there's two daddies? Hey, wait a second. I got pregnant by Eddie. Had sex with Jimmy about a month later. Now you're telling me what now? Or a couple days later. Now you're telling me what now? What do you guys say? Awkward. That'd be awesome. I want to. I want a film crew in that. I want a film crew in that birthing room. Two dads. Hey, which one's mine? I don't know. Uh, oh man, how good would that be? Special. Well, seriously, like I'm a big fan, as you all know, of Real Housewives stuff. Man, I would love to see the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Those women are throwing things. Those women are fighting. Those women are beating the living hell out of each other. It might be the best story I've ever heard. It might be. It might be the biggest what the hell I've ever heard. That story right there of a woman getting pregnant and then getting pregnant again. Boom! And it has a happy ending, which I like even more. Yeah. Two babies. One pregnancy? Ain't no wrong with that. I ain't mad about it. I ain't mad about it even a little bit. All right, we're just chatting. Coming up, we're just chatting. I got some stuff here. Why am I a golf choke? I'll tell you. God dang. We'll be right back. I got Heard, Depp, guy named Edward Cabrera. You're going to want to hear this. This next one, you're, look, the world is insane, but Edward Cabrera is incredibly insane and in a good way. We're just chatting when we come back. Stay right here. Tell your friends. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. All right, here's the deal. Um... 1,500 of you have voted here in an hour and a half. And here's where we're at. Keep the votes coming. If you had a re-vote, who would you want for president of the United States? A bag of sand or Joe Biden? Currently, 94% of you have said, I want a bag of sand. Uh, Don Stewart says, don't we have a current bag of sand in place? Hey, Dan, what kind of sand? I don't know. 
Uh, Dan, Michelle says, at least a bag of sand wouldn't put inflation any higher. Uh, Silk, who's one of my favorites, at NWI, Northwest Indiana golfer, says, each wood has a puppet master pulling the strings, but at least we wouldn't have to listen to the bag. Oh, boy, is that no lie. But I'll tell you this. If the current bag of sand in the White House didn't speak, we might lose less content. Because every time that clown speaks, it's good content. It is. It's good content. Uh, Dan, have the mail-in votes come in? That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, who are the effing morons that voted for Biden? Well, I don't know, but I do know this. A bag of sand is looking pretty, pretty, pretty good. Hey, we've had a record-breaking week here so far, and I want to thank you all for it. So go right now and retweet our show, please. i got to get more people watching. Uh, starting in August, we will be on Fridays. Right now, we're not on Fridays. So this is the last show of the week. All right. I don't know. But did you see this? I'm going to make sure I got this right. I've never heard of this before in my life. This is the second thing I've never heard of before in my life. Marlins pitcher, this is where baseball is going. You want to know why people can't hit in baseball? Marlins pitcher Edward Cabrera, listen to this, made his debut for the Miami Marlins. He's 24 years old. He held the Rockies in no runs on one hit and four walks across six shutout innings. He threw 94 pitches, 59 of which were strikes, all right? His fastball was an average of 96.9 miles an hour. He threw each of the game's hardest pitches, all clocked at 98. Listen to this. He threw 35 change-ups. None slower than 92 miles an hour, but wait for it. One of those change-ups went 95.5 miles an hour. A change-up. Now, you want to know why guys can't hit in Major League Baseball? I'm sending this to Plezak. I'm sending this to Danny Plea. What the hell? A 95.5 mile an hour changeup. Wow. You want to know why the guys back in the day have all these, hey, they never struck out Tony Gwynn. Hey, we never. No, it's because they didn't face this. They didn't have to face a 95 mile an hour fastball much less a little off speed at 95 and a half coming off of a 98 mile an hour fastball. They didn't have to do that. There's no way that guys, I don't care, baseball, everybody says, you know, that, that clown, uh, Reddick, J.J., J.J. Reddick or Riddick, he said, well, you know, NBA's playing against plumbers. No, okay, fine, maybe, I don't know. But Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, those guys, Elgin Baylor, pretty good. I mean, they'd be good in any. But anyway, I digress. But baseball is the one sport where I'm not sure the old-timers could get even on the field. I'm not. I'm not sure they could even get on the field with this. I'm able to adjust, don't get me wrong, but you're talking about a 95-mile-an-hour fastball? I'm sorry, change-up. Change-up. Mm. 
That's pretty good. All right, Amber Heard guilty of defamation. All right, she's got to pay Johnny Depp $15 million. She also got a, got a win, I guess, for her. She gets uh, 15 or excuse me, $2 million. So Depp gets a bunch. She gets a little. She's appealing. She's mad about it. But you know what this is? This is a victory for all victims. This is a victory for people that have been abused, all people that have been abused. This is a victory for all people that have been defamed. Right now, we live in a country where it's okay to fire people. And we've always lived in this country like that, really. I mean, uh, and it's just kind of switched. Who gets to be fired easy or who gets to be defamed? If you're rich, if you're poor, if you're a minority, you were always picked that you were. And now it's kind of switched. And I like it. Giant Depp's got a lot of money. Giant Depp didn't seem particularly likable to me. In fact, I watched about two minutes of it. I'm like, yeah, this guy's an idiot. But how is it possible? Let me ask you this question. This is a bit of a side note. There's two things. Number one, I'm glad that all victims got vindicated yesterday. Somebody just can't go on to the New York or the Washington Post and say, hey, this guy did this to me without having to pay for it. Depp said he got his life back and good for him. Amber Heard said she wants to appeal. Good for her. But I'll tell you what it further exposed. It exposed the notion that how are we ever, ever influenced by Hollywood? Like I wrote an article the other day about how Hollywood is trying to influence us in different ways. And a guy I went to high school with, Tom Rooney, wrote a really nice rebuttal. He ripped my ass. And look, excuse me, as I always say, I don't mind it. And I sent him a note back. I said, hey, really well written. Really well written. And passionate. I'm all for it. But I'll stand by what I say. We are influenced by things. I may not be. You may not be. But we are as a whole. We are influenced by things. Why do you think people go to dinners, uh, $10,000 a plate, to see Barbara Streisand? We're influenced by things. These people have influence on us. I had a caller yesterday on my radio show, an indie named Robert, was talking about my influence. Yeah, I don't think I have influence. I think I'm just talking to a camera and Dylan and Ryan and Davey and, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody else. That's what I think my influence is. But apparently it's more than that. Hollywood has huge influence. But when you look at these idiots, right, let me ask you a question. I'll give you the answer in sports, Pat Tillman. You give me an answer in Hollywood currently, currently. Who is worth paying attention to and listening to. Like, I'm not talking about because he's on your political side. I understand. I'm about ready to die here. Got some in my throat. But let me ask you a real simple question. Who in Hollywood is worth listening to? Like, man, that guy stands for all the right things. That person is a person of integrity. I absolutely would pay attention to that person and that person's views. You tell me, they ain't nobody. But yet, Hollywood influences. Hollywood influences in what we write. Hollywood influences in what we think. When people need quoted, they go to Hollywood. Hell, my, um, my niece, Allie, was the press secretary for Pete Buttigieg's husband. Right? And Pete Buttigieg's husband became a celebrity because he was Pete Buttigieg's husband, and they were an openly gay couple. So what happened in Hollywood? Everybody wanted to be around him, right? Big deal tonight at Paltrow's place. They're all idiots. And I asked her, I was Gwyneth Paltrow. 
I'm telling you. But we, they do influence. I mean, Amber Heard, who I've never heard of, but apparently you all have, or at least people that are younger than me have, she's crapping on a bed. Let me ask you a question. You ever had in your life, and I'm going to go to the YouTube chat on this one. I'm going to go to the Twitter chat on this one. Have you ever had in your life anybody crap on your bed? I'm not saying did you ever crap the bed, since some of you guys are the mad crap. But have you ever had anybody, your wife, your spouse, your girlfriend, take a dump on your bed? Anybody? Anytime? Anywhere? Of course not. Hollywood, they do. That's like, you know, the movie, uh, social, whatever the hell it was with, uh, social network. And the one guy's crazy girlfriend sets his place on fire. That's that kind of action. I guarantee you all the crazy stuff you see in Hollywood is a reproduction of events that happen in all these fools lives. It's insane. But I do think this, I do think that it is a win for just normal people Because let's be honest, victimhood sells, baby. Victimhood sells. All right? There is something about victimhood that right now, like if you say or even question, why is Taco Bell having drag brunches? Oh, you're a hater. You're a hater. Or it takes a lot more than slapping a set of double D's on somebody with a crank to be a woman. Oh, you're a hater. I'm calling your boss. Call whoever, I don't care. It's amazing. It really is. So the herd trial gave us a little window into the stupidity, and it protected a lot of people from folks just saying stuff about you if you have some level of popularity and it being believed, and I salute that. I do. Jamie Dimone Diamond is the main guy at, he's the CEO of JP Morgan. <clears throat> this is, I want to make this clear Jamie Dimone, the, C, the CEO of JP Morgan's personal opinion. There is a hurricane. He warned investors to prepare for an economic hurricane as the economy struggles against unprecedented combination of challenges, including tightening monetary policy and Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. According to Demone, not J.P. Morgan, Demone, the hurricane is right out there down the road coming our way. We don't know if it'll be a minor one or a superstorm Sandy. You better brace yourself. There are storm clouds looming over the United States economy. But he said he's since updated that forecast given the challenges faced by the Fed as it attempts to rein in inflation. Right now, it's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. Everyone thinks the Fed can handle it. We shall see what we shall see. But is anybody surprised by that? I mean, any of you guys, even you young guys that are on uh, Robin Hood, I'll look at my Robin Hood. I don't even look anymore. I used to look all the time. And I'm like, oh, man. We only made 500 bucks today. Oh, man. Oh, wait, we're up $72 today. Hey, I'll take it every day because I know where this is headed, baby. And it ain't headed good. In fact, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. I'm not a rich man, but I'm probably more money than maybe most, but I'm not a rich man, not even a little bit. 
But I will tell you this, I'm smart enough to meet with my financial advisor last two weeks ago. I saw this coming. I said, okay, protect me. Here's what are we going to do? We had a great meeting. I would suggest you do the same. I mean, when a guy as influential as Jamie Damone or Diamond says this, then you got to pay attention. Or you can put your head in the sand and say, yeah, it's all right. But when you get to be my age, you know, when I was your age, I didn't care. Doesn't matter to me even a little bit. Eh, what do I care? Now at my age, I'm like, wait a second. That's that trip I want to take with my kids. That's my retirement. What are we doing? Although I'm going to work on this show as long as they'll have me. So be careful out there, people, as they used to say. All right, there was a time in my life, and I'm curious how you all feel about this with your life. There was a time in your, my life where I was clutch. Like, I'm telling you, I was clutch. Like, if you played golf with me, you were in pretty damn good shape. Like, you were somebody that said, hey, I want him in the last four holes of a golf match. You ever been that guy? You ever been there? Man. My friend Camp Safali, who I'm getting ready to play golf with this afternoon, along with a couple others, he said, man, you're having a problem closing lately. I'm like, no, I'm not. I live on Tenacious Drive, damn it. I'm a stud. Okay. Played a golf match yesterday. And I have a theory in golf. Tell me if you believe this. If you have enough six, eight, five, whatever foot putts for the win, you're going to miss some. Yesterday, my buddy Mike, Mike's a Hall of Fame football player at Ball State, Mike Lechleiter and I, last year, let me back up, last year we were up four holes with four to play in this match, in this tournament, we lost four straight, then we lost the fifth straight, boom. This time we're tied going to 18. I'm in pocket because I choke. Mike is 12 feet away. Long story short, he two putts for par. Their guy has to make an eight to 10 footer. He drills it. We go to extra holes. Mike gets in pocket. I hit it in the sand. Next thing you know, it's a par four. I hit a beautiful shot this far, this far from the hole. So I'm laying three. They make another eight footer because they're clutch. Now I got to make this five footer to send the match to the next hole. I've done nothing except help Mike on maybe four of the 18 holes. Maybe. I'm not a bad golfer. I was a five handicap last year. I'm up to a nine. I'm playing horrible. My back hurts. My ass hurts. I'm doing too much of this. I choke like a dog. I wasn't nervous. Didn't bother me that part. But I didn't make the putt. I mean, I didn't make it short. I didn't cutty thumb it. But you know what I don't like? I don't like being a choking dog. I don't like it. I don't like the feeling. I wrote an article last week. I live by the mirror. The mirror told me last night, you, sir, are a choking dog. It did. So now I'm going to play today. And I don't know what's going to happen. Usually I know what's going to happen. Used to be, hey, get me to the last four or five holes. Any of you feel that way? Any of you all of a sudden wake up and go, whatever I used to be okay at, I suck at now. It's not a great feeling. It is not a fantastic feeling to have. It is not the feeling that you want. Is this the feeling of old age? Is that what it is? Holy cow, I refuse. 
I will not give in. I refuse to give in. I will. And I hope you refuse to give in. You can let me know. Let me know on Twitter or let me know here on the YouTube chat. Is there something that you used to could have do that now all of a sudden you're like, crap. Like I can still mow the hell out of a lawn. you damn right. I can make some eggs. Tonight, my daughter's birthday, I'm going to grill to live in hell. And I mean to live in hell out of some damn cheeseburgers. I can do that. But I have become a choking dog. Uh, Morgan has now morphed into the show that claims to be fearless, but if scared of Fox News. You owe us an apology. You aren't fearless. Okay, I apologize. I'm not fearless. All right. I apologize. I am not fearless. I am fearful. Am I fearful? What am I? I need to know. That's what I need to know. Am I fearful? If I'm fearful, then fine. But I guess I'm fear, you know, I'm fearful. Uh, Jennifer says she cannot ride on rides that spin. Never have been able to do it, but I know your angst. I do. I know your angst. Uh, Dan, I, oh boy, oh boy, licked my boots. Uh, DD is scared of YouTube chatters. Yes, I am scared. I am. I'm scared of everything. YouTube chats, you know what I mean? <laughs> I ain't scared of much, but I got to tell you, uh, Fox News, I'm scared of you. I don't know. I get my news from Fox News. I do. I mean, I'm not going anywhere else. All right. Time to make some money. Yesterday, yesterday, I I gave you a parlay. I gave you the Mets and I gave you the Guardians. And guess what happened? Yeah. For the first time, long time, the Mets... And the Guardians both won. Well, they win a lot. I don't. Not on parlays. But tonight, I'm giving you a piece of advice. I am going to bet two ways tonight. I am going to bet the money line. I'm going to bet the money line on the Warriors, which means you don't have to give points. And I'm also going to give the three and a half points. I ain't afraid to give three and a half points. I hate the hook. Those of you that know me, I hate The hook. Hate it. Can't stand it. The hook drives me nuts. So I know what Jason Hammer said, which is about 90-some percent of the time, whoever you think is going to win in the NBA Finals, don't even worry about the number. Just bet the team. For example, if you like the Warriors, take the Warriors and give the three and a half. If you like the Celtics, take the Celtics and the three and a half, whichever way you like it. I personally am going to take the Warriors, and I'm going to give the three and a half. I'm also going to take the Warriors, and I'm going to take the money line. I am. I'm sorry. I just believe in it. I think the money line uh, is always a good bet with the home team. All right? This is the one I'm most interested in, though. Steph Curry. It's down to 26 and a half when I last looked. 
Steph Curry over under 26 and a half. Now, here's what I said yesterday, and I'm going to stick with this, and I want you to watch this if you're going to watch the NBA playoffs tonight. All right, the NBA playoffs tonight feature Steph Curry, who is a very dangerous shooter, very dangerous scorer, 25 points a game, five assists, five rebounds, one of only three or four players to ever do it in the NBA Finals for his career. But he's going up against, and I said this yesterday, Marcus Smart, who is the best defensive player in the NBA. The NBA is the best league in the, country, or in the world, so Marcus Smart's the best defender in the world. That's the way I look at it. It's science, people. So it's dangerous to take Steph Curry because he's going up against that guy. It's also dangerous to take Steph Curry because, frankly, other guys can get hot. And if, if the Warriors get up, we've seen Steph Curry sit out like entire fourth quarters. They're not afraid to tell Steph Curry, hey, look, we got other guys to finish this up. You chill. But 26 and a half is too enticing for me. And here's the other reason. I'm trying to win money here. Like some of you, and this is me, some of you just want to put on your phone, and my wife pretty, put on the phone, right? Uh, I'm going to watch a game tonight. So, eh, let me see what's going on. Let me look. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm, uh, I'm going to make a bet. Because I'm going to watch the game. That's not how you should go about it. It's not how you should go about it. How you should go about it is, I am here to make money. I am here as an investment. I am not here for any of this nonsense. So what I will do tonight, I think, uh, 9 o'clock here is still, it's light out. So it's hard for me to get my ass off the couch and get back inside, or I'm sorry, get out from outside doing stuff and get inside before 9 o'clock. It's just hard for me. But I will have a hockey bet for you. I will. I'll have an NHL bet for you tonight. Uh, it's the Avs in Edmonton, and I got to tell you, uh, it's plus 130 right now to take the Avalanche minus a goal and a half. I might stay on that train. I told you the other day, one thing about Edmonton, man, they'll give up some goals. They ain't afraid. And I'll take plus money. But the one thing I will do, I'll give you a money line bet here. I'm not sure yet. I got I to gotta wait for my guy, my hockey guy, a guy named Chuck Fattori. You can follow him on Twitter, F-A-T-T-O-R-R-E, I think. He was a manager uh, a little bit older than me at Indiana. We're good friends. He's a basketball manager. But I'm going to take Steph Curry tonight. I am. I'm going to take Steph Curry because I'm very excited to watch Steph Curry take on Mark is smart, and there's no way in hell that I'm going to sit there and just simply bet the under because Steph Curry can go on a 10 to nothing run very quickly, and next thing you know, boom. I will not take Jason Tatum over five threes made. I will not take Jalen Brown over four threes made. I will not, I may, I may, hold on here. I may take Jalen Brown over 30 points. You get plus 275. Bet 100 bucks, you get 275 plus your 100 back. That's a bet I may take. I got a feeling Jalen Brown's going to have a night tonight. And that's pretty good odds on it. It's not great, but it's pretty good. So if I were going to give you what I'm going to bet tonight, I'm taking the Warriors, both money line, and I'll give the points. And, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to take Jalen Brown over 30 points, and I'm going to take Steph Curry over 27 and a half. I may back off that Curry and just watch, but I'm definitely taking Brown. I got a feeling about Brown tonight. Got a feeling. He's the kind of guy that scores uh, against the Warriors. He is. Post guys don't really score against the Warriors. Sometimes others, maybe Tatum's going to have a hard time with traffic, but I think Brown's going to play off Tatum. That's my bet of the day. Jalen Brown, over 30 points, 
tonight. It's been a record-setting week. It has, both on the YouTube numbers and here on Twitter. Do me a favor. If you get a chance, tell people about our show. Tell them we're on from 9 to 11, Monday through Thursday, right here at OutKick. Tell them of the greatness of us. Tell them how much fun it is. Tell them how informative it is. And yes, Morgan, tell them how damn fearless it is. We're fearless. Look at that face. Get some cucumbers under those eyes or something. But anyway, I got to thank everybody involved here. I mean, Ryan and Dylan and Corey and Davey. Guys are awesome. Absolutely awesome. The folks at Fox and Fox News, uh, Clay Travis, everybody. We had a record week. We had a great week. I want to keep the momentum going. Today was a little bit down, but that's all right. We'll get it going again tomorrow. A lot's going on this weekend. We'll have it all for you on Monday. And if you want more of this, if you want more of this, guess what? It's real simple. All you got to do, well, I'm not on today. Uh, It's my daughter's birthday, so I took it off. Really good friend of mine's coming to town. We're going to play golf. I'm going to lose money because I'm a choke. That simple. Have a great afternoon and a wonderful weekend. And thanks to everybody that listened, that watched, that tweeted. And don't forget, our poll is still up at D. Oh, wait, at don't at me DD. The at is that little circle thing. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Dockage, O U double T. I am 